is how's it going everybody today we're gonna be talking about hairspray the classic 2007 movie musical starring one amanda Bynes and one queen latifah and one john travolta and many other people who we're gonna get to in the review we're gonna talk about all the things we're gonna talk about racism standing up for yourself you know what i mean not being afraid to eat whatever you want to eat and most importantly why black people don't use hairspray, but in fact use activator. We're talking about all the things. So sit back, relax, grab a snack, grab a beverage, and listen on in to the first ones to die. Hello everyone, and welcome to the first ones to die podcast. Jerome White's smiling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that feels so good not to it. <laughs> the both of you just was. like, both of you paused at the exact same moment with that smile. <laughs> this, viewers, is what I have to like put up with. Go to jump to the YouTube version and see that. <laughs> For a second, you got me for like 0.2 seconds. I was like, is he frozen? <laughs> it's whole episode this... going me a mess. Right, right. Uh, well, I am here with fellow co-hosts, Alex and Jerome. Alex, how you doing today? Are you just going to skip me? <laughs> what? <laughs> Alex and Jerome. <laughs> First of all, we don't know if you're frozen or not, apparently. Right. And second of all, you usually skip me anyway. So, yeah, it's time. <laughs> no, I'm just it's joking. Alex, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. Tea. It's been a- I'm spilling it. <laughs> yeah, he never spills any good tea for us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's been an okay week. It's been a weird week now. It's already been a mess now, but like, mm-hmm. uh, well, it's the start of a new week. We are recording this a little bit later than normal, which is fine. Things happen. Life happens. Keep got, keep going. Keep dancing. Um, but either that, my week's kind of been slow, normal, so nothing too exciting to report. Um, just laughing a lot today, which is good. It's good. It's good to <laughs> laugh. Yay. What, what about you, Jonathan? <laughs> I know what I did. I love that. Um, I'm doing good. Uh, my week last week was good. I uh, went to San Diego for work for um, a day. And on Saturday night, uh, the Geffen Theater, which um, was the home of The Inheritance, which I was in uh, last year, they had something called Backstage at the Geffen. It's their annual fundraiser. It's their biggest fundraiser. And it was so great. It was really great. Uh, surprise guest Jay Leno was there. He did a stand-up routine. Yeah. Um, Tone Bell, he's a comedian. If anyone's ever watched uh, Drink Masters, he hosts that on Netflix. Um, he was there. We talked to him afterwards. We were like, good job. Because his, his, his thing was like, I don't know why they keep asking me to come back because it was his third year hosting and i'm like i at this point i'm i'm just i'm just seeing if they could i'm just seeing how far i could push it um and after the show we were like yeah i think you got you you got a fourth year you got it you you're gonna be asked back next year 
Um, <laughs> that was fun. They were honoring Debbie Allen and Greg Berlanti. <clears throat> um, so that was that was that was a lot of fun. I, I saw a lot. I got to see and talk to a lot of the um, a lot of the people who the cast members of the Inheritance um, again. So that was like fun getting to reunite with them and everything. Uh, but overall, it was just it was just a fun night. Oh, that's probably nice. Yeah. Um, and it was, yeah, it was great. It was great. The Geffen really knows how to, like, put on an event, which is cool. Dope. Yeah. Jerome, <laughs> how was your week? See, I didn't skip you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, was, it was good. Um, uh didn't do much this week uh, as far as, like, anything uh, mega crazy. Um, a lot of stuff has been coming out, though, that's been great. Um, as far as like uh, trailers, commercials, all that good stuff. Uh, we got the Color Purple trailer today. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas at least at the time of this recording, it's already out. Um, and it looks fantastic. It looks good. Fantasia sounds good. I'm excited to, and I'm glad to see her in a movie. I, I think she's been in movies before, but nothing this scale before, I don't think. Fantasia Burino, her Lifetime movie, that's where she got her, her acting start i remember watching that because she played herself in her lifetime movie and it was great yeah so she's she's fantastic uh she looks great but also so does the rest of the cast too like chloe bailey her hallie. um hallie bailey i'm sorry uh, <laughs> getting the sisters mixed up wow. uh, hallie bailey my bad um but she looks great in the role um uh coleman domingo my favorite one of my favorite black actors of all time. Uh, so like, or, uh, you know, the modern times rather. Um, he's fantastic. And so I'm excited to see him in this as well. So it looks good. It looks really solid. I'm excited uh, for when it comes out. Um, also, um, uh, started watching Class of 09 on Hulu. Uh, still don't know how I feel about it just yet. It, it seems interesting. it's Class of 07. No, it's Class of 09. Oh my God, that's the year I did graduate. <laughs> but it's 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 interesting. It's a, it's an interesting premise, interesting show. So I'm willing to, to give it a chance. I mean, all the episodes are out, I think. Or no, I think it's coming out weekly actually. I think I'm just behind. But either way, um it looks it looks cool. So, excited to to keep watching it. Um and speaking of things I watched, uh we're doing a review over this next week, so I won't give you any mini review, but I've already seen Fast X. And uh I have thoughts. <laughs> I'm watching it. I oh my gosh! I need to I need to post this on my Instagram. I'll also post it on the uh, the first ones to die Instagram because I this morning was driving to work and every morning there's uh, on Hollywood Boulevard, before you get to Hollywood Boulevard you see a whole bunch of billboards and everything. There was a billboard for uh, Fast X. But it was covered, it was partially covered by the new uh, movie Strays with Will Ferrell. Oh, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. It looked, <laughs> and so it looked like this. <laughs> That's just so ghetto. It's just like they didn't finish. <laughs> they they like, were in the... They're like, they, come back. We'll come no, back and you, do the rest later. You can see, I think I got there at the right time. I think I got there at the right time because the guy, they're, they're like working on it. They just did half oh. of it, but they're actively working on it. I just got there at the right time. Oh. I love that how that you got into the part where it's like, it's die. 
Uh-huh. Part six, it, one part says die. It looks like it, it looks like it says Will Ferrell or die, and this dog <laughs> and Vin Diesel are starring in a movie together. <laughs> I mean, at this point, would you put oh it past God, well, them? No, I'm saying <laughs> we're expecting Transformers in the next movie at this point in the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> Will Ferrell has a stray dog working with Vin Diesel uh-huh. in the next Fast and the Furious. I just um, I took the dogs a, I, become part of the family. I took a video too, so I'll post it on TikTok. Do I, is is the I'll I'll, po- I'll post it on TikTok. I'll post it on TikTok. Um, but uh, yeah, so you know, otherwise it's been a pretty all right week. Uh, I've been just like uh, working a lot, trying to get a lot done, be more productive, um, and. Uh, yeah, man, it's been it's been good. <laughs> it's, been, nice. it's been all right. <laughs> I'm dying to see Fantastics. That movie. <laughs> I'm so excited. You listen. It, upon Don't watching, it, I had to me. I had to go I'm back losing. and rewatch <laughs> like Fast Five and Fast because it's just a thing where it's like you watch Fast X and then immediately like your brain just goes, "How did we get here?" <laughs> and then you watch it and you're well, like you gotta you have to reimagine um Jesus in every one of those movies now. Cause I've I've avoided trailers and everything well, like just, that. Because I have to do that with Fast with Fast and the Furious franchise. I've actively avoided watching those previews since Fast Six. Well, it's I just like because, like, like for, with, with Fast, what is it? Fast. Uh, well, Fast Six was the introduction. Like Fast Six or Fast Seven when they introduced the agency, an agency who works for who we don't know. We we're not gonna bother to put that much thought into it. It's just the agency. And ever since then, I'm yeah. like, let me get this straight. We live in a world like the you mean to tell me that the Fast and the Furious, the first one, while they're stealing TV like DVD slash VCR players. <laughs> Meanwhile, somewhere else in the world, there is like Mission Impossible level gadgetry being used by secret agents somewhere. <laughs> That's what you expect me to believe. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know what? Someone pointed out, and it's 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 kind of been on my mind a little bit because they were like, "Oh, uh, King George in like Bridgerton is like really sweet, and then King George in Hamilton is all fucking crazy." Which he was. He was bipolar. He had a lot of mental issues. That's not the point of the story. But somebody was like pointing out, they're like, "So technically, the story that's going on in Bridgerton right now, in this exact moment." is the same thing happening in Hamilton and what's going on in America. <laughs> and then somebody's like, yes. And at that same time, because Catherine the Great is on Hulu, that's going on as well. <laughs> so all those three events uh, that we are watching on TV are actually three world events that were occurring at the exact same time. Reminds me of the hip of the hip hop verse that people wanted to be a thing. You guys, you guys know about that? <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, so they made, you know, the, like for the longest time, we didn't get no biopics of anybody who was in the hip hop sphere, right? And then the Notorious mm-hmm. B.I.G. came out and everybody, and it was huge. It was a big hit. People loved it and they thought it was great. And then, uh, friggin', um, uh, Straight Outta Compton came out and that was great. And so people, but they started, they started using similar actors in different projects because the dude who played Biggie, then after Straight Outta Compton came out, uh, Michelle A, who uh, once was in a relationship with Dr. Dre and uh, like uh, says that, you know, he abused her and everything like that, was like, you omitted that from your movie, Straight Outta Compton. So she made a movie on Lifetime telling her side of the story during that. And it was supposed to be like, 
this is like the like because even the poster was like you know Australia Compton's poster is all of the um, NWA group walking forward and Australia Compton's behind them with the mm-hmm. uh, you know the parental advisory logo is the way they did the logo for the movie. The Michelle A poster for the Lifetime movie is them walking and it's their backs behind her as she stands solo by herself in the center. And it's and the parental advisory logo is used again for her logo for her movie. So it's supposed to be almost like a, a, a I guess like a, a, a what would you call that? Like a, a sister film or something like that. But yeah. the dude who plays Suge Knight in Straight Outta Compton plays Suge Knight in that movie. <laughs> and the dude who played Notorious B.I.G. in Notorious B.I.G. plays Biggie in that movie as well. <laughs> and then they had a dude play, the uh, guy who played Tupac in Straight Outta Compton looked a lot like Tupac. But then they made the Tupac movie, All Eyes On Me. They had a different actor, but they damn, damn near looked the exact same. And so people thought they were the same actor. So a lot of people are theorizing like, yo, is there like a hip hop verse going on? They're just hiring the same actors to play the same people during the same 90s time period. Cause that'd be so cool. <laughs> and they all look, and they're good actors. <laughs> so. Oh, the fact that there would be a hip hop universe. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> the hip hop cinematic universe. I mean, it kind of breaks down because Anthony Mackie plays Tupac in the Notorious B.I.G. movie. Who, if you know Anthony Mackie, looks like he looks nothing like Tupac. <laughs> yeah, all. I was like, wait, I don't remember that. There are multiple actors. It's in fact, uh, well, I watched uh, White Man Can't Jump this weekend. That was I did watch that. That's what I. I just remembered that you saying that. I did watch it with Jack Harlow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is that a movie Jack- or is that a show? It's a movie. It's a, movie. It's a it's remake. A re- oh, okay. It's a remake. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was fun. I, it wasn't anything like too special. My my only issue with it is that I feel like they they focus a lot on. Um, I, I, damn it! I'm gonna Jack forget the, No, the uh, the other character. Um, oh, um, I forget the actor's the, name. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, oh, I gotta look uh, it up. Hold on. Cause I don't want to get uh, it wrong. Yeah. Cause he did Pastor. such a great job. Um, Sinqua Walls. Sinqua Walls. He's um. Mm-hmm. It's it's his name is weird. It's S I N Q U A. So uh, I think it's Sinqua Walls. Um, he's great. He's fantastic in the movie, and uh, and they do like the movie starts with him, like it, giving you a little bit of his backstory. And then throughout the movie, we get his backstory, and we understand why he loves basketball. They never do that for Jack Harlow. They just use him for like jokes, yeah. basically. You never like, and Jack Harlow has this whole. And at first, drama. I'm like, is he? At first, I'm like, is he an influencer? Is he like some sort of like guru? Like, what is his? Right. You know, his, they his never character. do a great job he establishing his motivation for why he wants to play basketball so bad. Like, they do a great yeah. job with Sinqua Wall's character. Where you understand exactly who he is, why he is motivated, what he's motivated by, his struggles, and then everything. it's unraveled throughout the movie. Yeah, yeah. Jack Harlow, they, they it's like they were like, well, Jack Harlow's going to be the comedic person, but they still want to give him like a story and drama. But his drama is so like is always put because then eventually halfway through the film they drop half of the basketball stuff and they give him a rival white guy who he doesn't like. For some reason, <laughs> and, and then, but then he never like they 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 run into each other two times in the movie, and then that plot is dropped completely. <laughs> they leave that character in the dust and move on. 
You want to know something? It's weird. (laughs) I was, I did background for this movie. It was last summer uh, in July. I remember it. Beyonce's Break My Soul had just been released the day before. And uh, it was, it was a scene. I was there all day. It was a scene where uh, that took place at, it was the very end that took place at, okay, spoiler alert for White Man Can't Jump. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm just going to spoil like where one of the scenes take place. Oh no, people are going to be heartbroken that you spoiled White Man Can't Jump the remake. (laughs) (laughs) At At the very... Sorry, I'm so sorry. Go on. But it's a good point. It's a good point. Um, at the very end, it takes place at the huge stadium. And we filmed that at... Uh, the, what's the city in Anaheim? I still don't know California. Like Burbank? Uh, no, not Burbank. I'm, I'm no, stupid. Burbank um, is a whole other city. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not near yeah. Anaheim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't. I don't know any places around Seattle either. I've been living up here for almost ten years now, and people are still like, "Oh yeah, you just go this way." I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> um, what's the city? The Honda Center. The Honda Center. It was at the Honda Center. We were there all day, um, and I played a Lakers coach, assistant coach. Sorry, um, and. That and we filmed like we filmed literally for like less than an hour, but we were there like literally all day. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, it was fun, it was a fun day. Got to be a, a Lakers assistant coach for the day and <laughs> didn't see any of what we filmed in the movie, which was fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I was like, Oh, my watch that the way. Ain't that how I it know. goes? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Because the yeah. part that we, you know, the part that I'm talking about, Jerome, right at the, at the end, yeah, where they're interviewing him, and then you, they, all the family and everything's on the court, and you see the players. Um, mm-hmm. The part that we filmed, like it didn't even look like what was on what was in the movie, so I knew I just immediately knew I wasn't in it, and I and I'm I'm all right with it with that because I'm 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 cool I'm chilling. That was oh, the one right. background thing that I've that I've done in LA, and I'm like, mm, I'm good. This Are is, you sure I don't, don't want to be broken to not being in the background of white man can't jump? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm good. That 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 begins and ends my background journey in in Los Angeles. I like. I would say honestly, after watching it, I, I don't think it's better than the original, but uh, it is a it is an all right time. You know, the basketball looks the basketball scenes were shot pretty decently. Uh, I know Jack Harlow can ball. Um, so like like so you know he he sells it pretty well. So does Sinqua Walls. Um, it's just it's just a very average movie <laughs> for me. I and it's mainly because it's just like the other characters that aren't Sinqua Walls and I guess Jack Harlow to a degree don't really get a lot to do except be the most basic version of of their roles. Like and that's pretty much it. Um, and Vince Staples and Miles Bullock get terrible jokes to tell. <laughs> they are not. <laughs> They're supposed to be the comedic duo, but I'm like, y'all, y'all trying really hard to make these lines funny, but they, they, it's not y'all's fault. It's the writing. <laughs> the writing's right. not helping you at all. <laughs> when they, when they cut to Jack Harlow's knees and he had the surgery on his knees, it was almost like a comedic cut. He was telling this dramatic story about how he had like surgery and everything, 
And then it cut to his knees just like abruptly. Like it, it was a very comedic style. <laughs> and I was like. Oh, like when they drop the camera all of a sudden they go womp womp. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like that. No, 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 no. That's yeah, there's a whole thing with like Laura Harrier too, like being his girlfriend. And I was like, I, I, you guys seem cute together and all, but I don't care about this relationship really. <laughs> you know, I, he could have honestly had no girlfriend and it would not have changed the movie that much for me. <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> Well, that was our mini review of White Man Can't Jump. Uh, yeah, I was because I was gonna. I debatedly, I was gonna think. I was thinking of doing a mini review, but then after a while, I was like, you know what? It's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was fun to just put on on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's a fun movie to just watch with the family. If you like White Man Can't Jump, the original with Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson, like you can watch this one and be like, oh man, they made a new one. It's just like um, they when they made the new House Party this year. Same thing. I, oh, I heard yeah. House Party I was bad. I heard it was really bad. I heard it was I really heard bad. It. It's good. <laughs> good. That's so aggressive. Good. It's it's Party not eight. great. Mostly because the premise is already. You're writing it down so you can watch it. <laughs> well, mostly because the premise you. is dumb. Like it's uh, the original House Party. Oh, yeah, just that. They throw the, a house party. This one is like, oh man, we got LeBron's house for LeBron's a few days. House. It's like, who the hell just gets access oh. to LeBron James's house for a few days to throw a, and th- well, thinks to themselves, let's throw a house party. Because he's definitely not have security cameras or other stuff. Right. Definitely know we did that. But like, so there was teenagers who did that. And then the, like, I think it was a football player or basketball player that were like, hey, have your kids come back and clean up my house? And the parents like, no take off the social media posts you put on our kids and we're going to sue you. And he's like, fuck it. Now y'all, your kids are going to jail. <laughs> <laughs> that was an actual case. I have seen the previews for this. I didn't know that it was supposed to be a remake of House Party. Mm-hmm. Cause they're like posing as like, or they're like, they like work for a cleaning service or something. Right. So they're like cleaning LeBron's house while he's away or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they, Decide to throw a house party, I guess. Although it makes me wonder, because I've they, met the director for House Party, and I, uh, I uh, he did not tell me that they were making a remake when we, because uh, we met. He was uh, also writes for uh, Milestone uh, Comics. He writes uh, Icon and Rocket, and um, so we met him at the Milestone Initiative, which was really cool to talk to him. He he had like great stories about BET when he used to uh, when he did like Black Panther for BET and stuff. He's a cool dude, um, Reginald Hovland. but. Um, when he was talking about, uh, like, he, uh, I wish I had known that the House Party remake was happening because I, w- I w- would have asked him, did you approve this? Are you okay with this? <laughs> it sounds like a shit premise. <laughs> there was a House Party 3. I think I'm going. Oh, yeah, they made a couple House Parties. It's got uh, a 4.4 out of 10 on, on IMDb. That's actually not... That's actually not bad. I feel like IMDb is usually low. That's actually not bad for IMDb. Well, it is written um, by Stephen Glover, so that probably helped it a little bit because Stephen Glover's a great writer. Um, that's Donald Glover's brother. I feel like it was cringy enough where you just enjoyed it because it was like cringy. Mm. Or it made you laugh where you're like, I can't hate on the movie fully. I was enjoying it this entire time. Not for the <laughs> right. right reasons. But right. I enjoyed it. The director's <laughs> name is Cal Matic. I thought that was I thought that was weird at first. Then I looked and I'm like, oh, it's Cal. It's... And he directed White Men Can't okay. Jump. The new White Men Can't Jump too. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> so wow. we know he has a niche now. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Remix. But he's mostly apparently he's like a He's like a music video director. Yeah, I'm like Calmatic. Uh, he's obviously, a, there's no director who's just trying to make it in Hollywood as a movie director whose name would be Calmatic. <laughs> 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 Only one man can get away with that, and that's Boots Riley. He was a rapper at one point. That's why his name was Boots Riley. <laughs> well, you know who the director of the 2007 film Hairspray was? <laughs> Adam yeah. Shankman. I only really know that off the top because I'm looking at IMDb right now. <laughs> Cheater. Uh, well, <laughs> with all that being said, uh, today we are going to be talking about the 2007 musical film Hairspray. Uh, that based is off the right 2002 to- musical of the same name. Yes, and that was based off of the 1988 comedy film of the same name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> and uh, Hairspray is about a pleasantly plump teenager named T- Tracy Turnblad who teaches 1962 Baltimore a thing or two about integration after landing a spot on a local TV dance show. The film stars Nikki Blonsky, introducing Nikki Blonsky. This was her first role. Uh, John Travolta, Michelle Pfeiffer, Amanda Bynes, Christopher Walken, Queen Latifah, James Marsden, Brittany Snow, Zac Efron, Elijah Kelly, and Allison Janney. A couple weeks ago, I was the lucky victor of Trivia Plaza. Trivia Mm -hmm. seven, 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 seven. Trivia 7. Trivia 7, yes. Yeah, Trivia 7. And uh, at first, I chose, you know, I wanted to see what dreams were made of. So I chose the Lizzie McGuire movie. But, and I still have the Lizzie McGuire, McGuire movie in my heart. But after watching the musical Hairspray a couple weeks ago, uh, this my, I think this is my second time watching the musical, like on stage. Uh, I was like, let me go back to... 1962. Let's actually let me not back go back to 1962. Yeah, I was but like, let's... this was such a great time. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say we can't go back to 1962. None of us. It was a bad time. If I right. Stay, I, if I stay out of the sun long enough, I I could like at least walk down the street <laughs> in certain neighborhoods. Let's. I, I like this filmed version. This film version of 1962. Yeah, this is definitely um, the most like optimistic and nice version of 1962 right. that's ever been on film ever. <laughs> for given the the subject matter, given the material, right, right, given, given the topic. how they also handled it as well, mm-hmm. right. Uh, first of all, what what is your guys's relationship with Hairspray? Either the musical or the original nineteen eighty eight movie or the two thousand seven movie. Uh, have you I, seen all three? Have you? I've only seen this. I have not seen the original musical or the original 1988 movie. Uh, but I've seen this movie many times. I remember this was like the same thing as like, like I remember for a long time in my childhood, it was School of Rock came on all the time on Nickelodeon stuff. 
Uh, and this was the same way with like other channels like TBS, like Hairspray used to come on on TBS like almost every other week. It was like TBS's baby boy. All right. This is the movie we are choosing to play nonstop 24 7, 365 <laughs> because it's a classic. Because it it's hits timeless. Like a lot of demographics. Yeah. It too, hits a lot of demographics. Without being offensive. It's very family friendly. It's very PC. Cause you know, there's like a lot of, like there's a lot of people that it pays a lot of respect to those of different body types, races, um, those who love musicals. Like it, it just apply, it, it appeals to so many different people. Uh, and there's, there's some like, there's like, there's some risque jokes, but it never goes like too far. Well, even the most risque stuff, it's all hidden. Like if you like, cause as I was, you know, when I watched this, I was a kid. So watching it today as an adult, where I'm listening, I'm listening deep into these lyrics, and I'm like, some of the, the references and stuff they're making, I'm like, that was in there, like, <laughs> like that's, that's a little, that's a little adult, don't you think, for the kids? But it's like, no, the kids won't notice. They're just too busy, like, you can't stop the beat. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they're not listening to anything that's happening. They're too busy just dancing and jamming. <laughs> But it's cool. It's it's cool. And I think that's the best thing. Those are some of the best musicals. The ones that like the parents can watch because they're like, it still appeals on an adult level. There's a lot of adult themes in this movie, but it's never so serious or so dark that kids can't enjoy this too. It's very bright. It's very colorful, but they never, um, while they like, they imply a lot of stuff. It's only because they're trying to keep it very like um, PG but not because they're trying to hide the realities of the situations that are in this movie of like, you know, fat shaming of uh, racism, uh, interracial relationships, all types of stuff. So it's great. I, I, I think this movie is a fantastic film, um, fantastic musical. How about you, Alex? What's, what have you seen? Is I will say I'm a little happier we did this movie than the Lizzie McGuire movie. <laughs> I didn't enjoy that one. But mainly because, like, as you were mentioned, now as an adult, I, like, see things so much differently now. <laughs> and in the Lizzie McGuire movie, they were 14 years old. That, that girl needed better adult supervision. She was running around Rome. God knows what could have happened to her. Mm-hmm. All right, that's my mindset nowadays when I watch films like that, where I was like, yeah, that would be like, no, absolutely not. I would have sued the school. <laughs> I would have sued the teachers. Everybody getting sued for my child running around and all of a sudden being in like this concert in the middle of the road. I don't care if it was a one on lifetime experience. No. <laughs> <laughs> With her spring, it was a little bit that way where I was like, this is cute and this is fun. And like, I laughed so hard when they were racing home to watch the Cordy show. Because I was like, I rem- I was like, I did that with TRL. I remember running home and like immediately putting it on because they were premiering a new video because they were you know debuting a song and you had to know uh, the top ten list for TRL what music video was definitely at number one. So like I got it, I got it <laughs> like really well. Um, I did think it was so funny when, not so funny, but it was a little funny to me the whole. Tracy kind of leading 
the march. <laughs> it was a very much the white savior, sixteen-year-old girl that we see in like the Hunger Games and every other. Like, That's what I said in I think movie. our I think me and Jonathan your Rising Genres episode we talked about hairspray. I said that where I'm like, yep, this one big white girl is gonna solve all the problems of racism. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's that's probably my only thing with with hairspray. It's like it is there is some the you know the white savior complex in there, Absolutely. but it's sugarcoated. It, 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 it is sugarcoated. It's not as heavy. She didn't suddenly solve racism, right? Um, right. She did help open the door, so it it did lead to open the door, but it also was like a lot of their skills. Oh. You know, little Esme. Her dancing ability that one time. Oh, Inez. Yeah. Inez. Oh, Inez. That Inez. Well, also, she never overshadows Queen Latifah's role as the clear, like, leader of the the black community in this, in this, in Baltimore. Um, You know. And I do enjoy, unlike Mother's Day in Atlanta, there are a good amount of black people in Baltimore <laughs> that are shown. Uh, also, I, I did love the escalation of after she hits the cop with the sign. Every time we hear something yeah, new, it's just like, he's, like, he's been hospitalized. <laughs> he don't even remember who his name no more. <laughs> when, Link, when Link comes to the door, she, he's like, I came running over. I couldn't believe that Tracy would an eagle scout with a knife <laughs> it's like i love the escalation of the story it's i just love what he's like he got bludgeoned i'm like bludgeoned he literally was so coherent he was coherent enough to make a rest that night <laughs> they're like he's been a veteran of the forest for 45 years has been sent to the hospital after she's bludgeoned him with a, a blunt object and they're like he didn't bleed. There was no blood. Although technically, <laughs> so, though, he wasn't wrong. And when she, when he was like, "You just assault the police officer," she's like, "Assault!" I'm like, "Yes, Tracy, you hit him with a sign. Even if you didn't do it, damage, technically, legally, that would be considered assault." assault. <laughs> Which I was like, "That's an unrealistic part of this," because I was like, before a lot of those protests, and even these protests now today, they give people warnings of like, "Don't do this." Don't do this. This is considered bad. If this happens, run. So, like, nobody gave this little girl warning about, like... To be fair, it's because she showed up late. She did show up a little late. She did. But also, I I love that she hits him, and he he actually yells at her. I'm like, that's not how that would go down. She would hit him, and then he'd be like, Queen Latifah, you're going to jail! Well, how dare you hit me? (laughs) Put the cuffs on. (laughs) Because he would not... Which technically did happen. I mean, technically, it did still happen. (laughs) It did happen. Other people got arrested because of her. (laughs) I laughed because I was like, quick, black people, protect the white girl from getting arrested, not her! I thought that too. <laughs> I actually thought that too. I was like, they literally like make power, a wall, like, linked arms for her to get away. And then when they finally get her back, they're like, "How could you not help her after everything she's done for us? What'd she do?" I'm like, "Y'all were having a peaceful protest, and she is the sole reason it became a riot." <laughs> Which in they, in in the in the musical, it's so they all go to jail and. It's not because Tracy hit the police officer with the sign. It's just because of like the scuffle and they were protesting in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I was as I was like watching the musical, I was thinking I was like looking at some of the uh, differences between the musical and the movie. Um, but I 
Sorry, go ahead. I remember in the original or the 1988, she does go to jail. Mm-hmm. And then she gets her hair ironed out. Yes. That was another style back in the day where you were literally ironing out, which I had talked to somebody about, um, what a friend's mom of mine, because they were talking about my hair and they were talking about the frizziness that I have in the waves. And they're like, oh, you should really try ironing out your hair. And I'm like, what? And they're like, oh, you actually get an ironing board and like, I, I was like, oh, that's not great. That's what about not a like, good thing. What about just like a, a straightener? That was their old-fashioned straighteners. Oh. <laughs> which I don't know why she just didn't tell me to use an, an uh, straightener. Yeah, because like, that This was exists. back when, like, maybe in high school. <laughs> yeah, this was back in high school. So, like, straighteners, she's like, you should use an ironer. And I'm like, I'm good. Leave my hair alone. <laughs> For me, you know what it is, uh, The Oh, go ahead, Jonathan. Sorry. Oh, no. I was just, well, just going to say, like, um, about, like, our relationship relationships with the movie uh so i i've seen the 1988 version once like years ago um and that movie is directed by john waters who also directed serial mom which we could which we reviewed he also was, cameos uh, uh, in this movie choices. too yes as the flasher right yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, john waters, yeah. <laughs> yes <laughs> and the 1988 version it's so different like the characters are the same the storyline's the same but it's tonally it's like so it's like serial mom it like it's so dark and that's like john waters style <laughs> um that it, it it's so interesting to see that this and the musical came out of that movie <laughs> And I agree with that because there's scenes, there's parts I kept mixing up from the 1988 version to this version that I couldn't, like, my brain thought they were all in the same movie. Bless you. Thank you. Do you recall that she actually got sent to a special ed class? It wasn't detention, right? Because of, like, her hair. It was actually a special ed class. Yes, the line from Britney Snow in this movie then about that. Okay. Yes, yeah, she gets and she gets I'm sent like, to spe- and in the musical too, she gets sent to special ed. It's not detention. Well, she gets yeah, sent to and detention and special ed. See, I remember the special ed part so clearly, and then this one it was like detention, and I'm like, wait, wasn't she put in like a whole another class because they kept saying her hair was like dumbing her down or something? Oh, yeah. yeah, or distracting. Also, and it- sorry, sorry, I just. I like the thinking, of the just thinking of the detention thing. First of all, when he sends her detention, you could just see on her face she's like, "Oh, woe is me! Oh, what am I to do? I guess I'm just going to have to go to detention, the place I have the most fun in this entire school." Oh no! Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also, also, I love that when like Tracy becomes famous, you've got black kids lining up to get in detention like it's a club. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, I like. I know this is supposed to be very like a very like fantastical version of 1962, but I don't believe that black parents at that time would have accepted knowing that their child is intentionally going to detention just to hang out. I send you to school to get an education. I don't like now if you go and get sent to detention for racist reasons, that's different. If you are intentionally sending yourself to detention, that's an ass whooping when you get home. You better believe you me. That's fair. That's fair. But in in the other iterations, 
detention and special ed like it's the same people and it's all the black people and tracy and they're all in special ed (laughs) yeah i remember that so distinctly and then i remember the jail scene with her getting her hair ironed out and like the little just little things i guess i was remembering from 1988 to like the now and i'm like wait did i miss a scene did i skip over a scene because i know how i get distracted (laughs) especially that riots the riot scene was it wasn't a riot they made it into a riot, I swear, in the 1988 one, or they made it into a bigger fight mm. than they did in this one. This one was just like literally they were pushing back and forth on each other, but no actual fight broke out. And I actually don't <coughs> think any actual arrests happened in the 2007 one. Nobody actually got arrested or put it back in the back of cop cars. Because mm. all the pack people that were on the front lines in that uh, in that march. We're helping her still. Like Queen Latifah was at home with her daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same night. So I am I am interested because I have the Wikipedia pulled up because there's some fun facts I learned while uh, watching this movie as well. And I didn't know which I a I didn't because at first I was I always I remember when the movie came out and the big thing was John Travolta was uh, one of the big stars of the movie and uh, playing Edna Turnblad. And I didn't really think much of it when I was a kid. I was just like, oh, man, John Travolta. Because especially when you grow up watching Big Mama's House 1 and 2, you're just used to seeing men in, like, fat suits playing women on TV. <laughs> so I was like, eh, whatever. You know, I've seen a Tyler Perry movie. I know the deal. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you grew up in the 90s, you saw Martin doing it all the time. Right, every exactly. Uh... So, so I was like, I didn't really think much of it. But uh, watching it today, I was thinking, I was like, is this a, I really hope this isn't like a wigging situation, which either you know what that is. No. Wigging, at least I I think it was called wigging. It may have been called something else. But basically back during the day, back in the day in like the 1970s or 60s, somewhere around there, it was a common practice for like stunt performers when they were doing stunt work. If ladies needed to do stunt work or whatever, they would just hire a dude to do it and they put a wig on and pretend to be a woman as opposed to hiring stunt women to actually be stunt workers. Um which was considered very sexist at the time and stuff. So I was like, is that, I was like, I really hope that's not, because I'm like, is there not a lot of big women who could play this role and do it well? But then upon doing research, I was like, oh, I didn't know it was a drag role. It's always been a drag role role ever since the 1988 film. 80. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Got you. Yeah, in all iterations, it's been like in in the uh, musical I saw, it was uh, one of the drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race. So there were a lot of people from RuPaul's Drag Race that were in the audience. Mm-hmm. And they, um, it, I, I'm reading on the Wikipedia page, it says executives at New Line Cinema originally expected the part to be filled by an actor accustomed to playing comic roles, tossing around names such as Robin Williams, Steve Martin, and Tom Hanks. However, Travolta was aggressively sought after by producers Craig Zayden or Zaden and Neil Marin for this role because he had starred as Danny Zuko in Greece, the second most successful movie musical to date, beaten only by Mamma Mia. Which fun fact, Mamma Mia is the movie that beat this movie as the highest grossing musical after it came out. Mm-hmm. In the US anyway. Or a movie musical in the US. <laughs> but I still sing ABBA. But um which I I Robin Williams, I understand. I couldn't see Steve Martin doing this role, not because he couldn't do the part, just because it's like the singing ability and the dance ability, I think, needs to be there. 
as well. Well, Steve Martin sings. He's a singer. Steve Martin oh, that's true. Literal has records al- out. He has albums. I, for- I forgot about that. That's true. <laughs> Tom Hanks is the weirdest one to me, though, especially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't see Tom Hanks. Um, yeah, I don't see. I don't see Tom Hanks. But, Robin, but he's an actor. He. I think. Yeah. I think Robin Williams couldn't stop himself from like being too cartoonish. For this type of role, and it also might have been too similar to uh, Mrs. Miss Doubtfire, Doubtfire as well. Yeah, yeah. Although I think John Travolta, he's great in this movie, but I do think that uh, his voice—you could tell his—he—he he wasn't great at keeping the voice up because there he are does times have a, a lower. Yeah, well, there's times where like, like when he's perform when he's acting, it's it's perfect, it's fine, it's you know, it's definitely you know, you could tell it's it's a man doing it, but it it's consistent. When he's singing is when it's not because he clearly there's certain notes he's supposed to be hitting that he can't hit <laughs> with his register, and so there's times where his voice just goes back to its normal like uh, tenor registry. And so it it sound and like uh and I only really noticed it when uh he does that number with Christopher Walken uh you're timeless to me where there's times where it just sounds like two men singing <laughs> cuz you know cuz that's a hard song to sing I, in in that voice it really is yeah. like I you can tell I, I think if they were to make that movie today versus 2007 I think they would have probably Chosen like an actual drag James queen. Corden. <laughs> not, not James Corden. That's right. But if James Corden, he would have been like he would have been the British man born in Baltimore, the British British woman born in Baltimore. <laughs> would have sung an American accent. Oh my god! Can you imagine? Oh. Um, let's let's, glad, let's be glad we're not in that timeline. But. <laughs> But I think they would have gone with an actual like drag queen, like someone who does yeah, probably drag outside of outside of uh, film. Yeah, I think I think they hired John Travolta at that time because they were like this was a this was two thousand seven. This was the time of big stars. Like they weren't just gonna hire just anybody. They wanted to hire like names they could definitely get um, to get butts in seats. And John Travolta was a huge get. He was like the musical guy. Um, mm-hmm. I uh, like uh although I think they Oh no 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 I'm thinking of Corny Collins. My bad. Corny Collins was James Marsden. Yeah, because there are other people up for that role too, one of them being Hugh Jackman and I'm like I could see Hugh Jackman doing this role. I don't yeah, know I if he would have done it as smooth as James Marsden does cuz James Marsden has a smoothness to him. Yeah. And surprisingly good yeah. voice. Oh, he has a great voice. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um he was amazing. He's based off, uh, apparently his character's based off Baltimore TV personality Buddy Dean, who hosted an eponymous local teen dance show in the late 1950s and early 1960s. And uh, it doesn't say it here, but apparently, uh, also the thing about Buddy Dean, because I was interested, I was like, because uh, I thought James Marsden's character is based off, there's a radio show host whose name I can't remember, but his big claim to fame was that he was the first white radio host to start playing R&B hits on his radio show, which got him a lot of flack and a lot of, like, cause he was playing Chuck Berry. He was playing Little Richard. People were like, what the hell is this? Um, but I mean, it appealed to a wider demographic. And so he still stayed on the air because he was playing music that the kids were listening to and that other demographics were listening to. So I thought that's who he was based off of because of Corny Collins' whole thing of like, but this is the future. We should be playing some R&B. We should have more black people out here. 
Um, but apparently uh, he's based off Buddy Dean, who whose show got canceled because the, stu- the uh, station that his show was aired on refused to integrate. So I think that's an interesting flip that is like the Courtney Collins show is like, what would have happened if he if the the show had inter- if the station had been more willing yeah. to integrate and allowed black people to be on his show, um, which I think is kind of cool. Although I do think it's weird they do it in this movie where Corny Collins is like, it's integrated now. And I'm like, you don't have the authority to make that decision, though. Just because you say it don't mean it's going to happen. Like, well, the he studio said, he says has at, to make that decision. You know, well, he says at one point. Is, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, he says at one point, um, how are you going to fire Corny Collins from the Corny Collins show? <laughs> That's true. But the, but the thing I like, well, not the thing I like and I don't like, is that the guy who does the hairspray thing? It's never about like, oh, I've changed my view and I've been wrong about black. No, it's all time. about the money. <laughs> it's about the ratings and the viewings. And he's like, for he's like, get the chubby girl off. He's like, this girl's selling me hairspray. I like her. Tracy, come here. Like, so I do like how they didn't have everybody have a suddenly a change of heart and everybody's all like, oh yeah, this is the future. He's like. Money all talks. Right, right. Like, I see the money. The I check. see the views. I hear the phones. <laughs> I hear. I see the audience. So he's like, "All right, all right, yeah, okay. I can see. I can see how I can get more money from this." <laughs> so I like how they did that instead of just being like, "Oh, the big bad guy, you know, corporate guy changes heart." Yeah. So he's, he's the only like one though, like because that. literally they say that, and all the whole crowd outside the studios like, "Yeah, integration." And I'm like, "You act like fifty percent of that staff would not just leave." <laughs> the second you say that, <laughs> they'd be like, "It looks like they only have one cameraman." Honestly, like, not just the staff too, but also the dancers. Like all the dancers, were like, "Yeah, let's get into it. They're great dancers." I'm like, half of them would be like, "Don't touch me! Don't you! Don't you dare touch me! How dare you dance with me?" <laughs> and just leave. The, the I think, I think honestly, they all hated the Britney Snow's character. What was her name again? Uh, uh, Amber. Uh, Amber Von Tussle. Yeah. Yeah, I think they hated her so much. <laughs> They they hated her more than they hated black people. <laughs> they were fine with the integration. It's like, is it going to get her off the show? Fine. I'll, I'll dance with black man. I got no problems then. The, there was always... The line that always shook me whenever I watched this movie is when Corny Collins, uh, the nicest kids in town, and he always says... Nice white kids who like to lead the way. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> like, there's no sugarcoating it. There's very no clear. I mean, even Michelle Pfeiffer's line where she's like, uh, "What'd she say?" She's like, "We have to." Oh, let's... I'm gonna. I'm about to lead you. Lead you all in the white, white direction. White, white, white right direction. direction. Yeah, and he's like, and he's like, you mean the right direction? That's what I said. It reminds me of that Chris Rock joke where he's like, he's like, yeah, you, you know how the saying goes, it's if it's all white, it's all right. It was a it, oh well, it was a play on uh on like how a lot of white people like uh treat black people know, in, the, in the commercial world. But it's just but you know, it's the epitome okay. of that. Right. Yeah. And the second half of that line was, okay, it was nice white kids who like to lead the way. And once a month, we have our Negro, Negro Day. Day. <laughs> <laughs> Which I... You, I mean... Go ahead, all go of ahead. the... You know what, though? All of the great... Um, like that, like all those subtleties though are like some of the best parts of this movie and why I say like this movie is, cause you know, you look at Mother's Day and it's like, though we talked about how Mother's Day, the movie had, just could not handle 
having like those really these really strong tones of racism homophobia all that stuff because they didn't know what to do with it they didn't know how to have the happy comedy like happy-go-lucky type style of a romantic comedy and have these serious topics at the same time this movie understands that assignment very well of like you could do it you just have to not you have to let like don't cheat your audience like idiots still have those in there but just don't be overt about it because like you also have that scene when um uh amber sings the new girl in town uh and then they cut to the black girls who sing the same on song Day. on Negro Day. And Michelle Pfeiffer's like, how dare you have them say the same song? She's like, they wrote it. And and that and they leave it there, but that is a lot. Like anyone who knows history knows that that is a very common thing that happened back in the day of a lot of black artists writing music that would then either get taken, either they would perform it and then get taken by white artists or they'd write it for white artists and not get any credit either way. Still happens today. Absolutely. And then somebody also, I once saw this pointed out how they had changed the lyrics and the meaning to the song. Originally, the version sung by the black artist was about the new girl in town and how she's got this man and everything like that. Just kind of telling her story about the new girl in town. Whereas when the white singers sang it, they were talking about the new girl in town and how she needs to stay away from their men and how they're going to get into physical altercations if she comes near their guys. Mm-hmm. So it also shows this like vast difference of like, putting them putting um, themselves against one another to these are just like, we're telling you a story about a girl. Right. Which fun fact, the new girl in town was not in the original musical. Um, It was added to the movie. It was a song that was created for the musical, but they didn't end up using new girl in town in the final, Mm. uh, the final product of the musical. Um, and in fact, Negro Day is not in the musical at all. Uh, it was something that was added to to just the movie. Mm-hmm. Like Negro Day is mentioned in the musical. Like they talk about Negro Day all the time, but it's ne- you never actually see Negro Day in uh, the musical. Interesting. The musical or not the so wait, which came first, the musical the and then the nineteen ninety eight version or the nineteen ninety eight version? The nineteen ninety eight came version. first. Yeah, nineteen eighty eight version okay. came first, then the musical on Broadway, and then the movie. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which that's cool. That's interesting. It's, yeah. Yeah. Um. Funny enough, you know who was also who was up to play Amber? Um. Before Britney Snow. Was Hayden Panettiere? Let me guess. I was just oh, thinking that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I was trying to think of another white girl that looked Hayden like her. Hayden Panettiere was also considered for the part of Amber, but decided against it in see. part because of her then upcoming work with the NBC television series Heroes. Heroes. Mm-hmm. And I could I could see her in the role though. I could but too. I don't know if she sings really good. Good. Exactly yeah, also, I feel like Britney Snow fits the per. I mean, Hayden Panettiere at that time was like the it girl as well. I But I think Britney Snow's, the way she plays the character, and she just has that like mean girl, like, um, vibe. Yeah, especially the way of how like... I, I hate to say it, but how like perfectly symmetrical she is. <laughs> so, like she's just, she, I, I, that's a weird compliment to say, but it's true. It's like, she is like, a, she is just not only just like- Is it a 
compliment? She's not just subjectively pretty. She's objectively pretty, all right? She's just perfect. Her face is perfectly symmetrical. You are too symmetrical <laughs> to be trusted. <laughs> I just say that's the perfect. All the mean girls in high school are always the ones who look like they were born in a lab, like they were built, not that they were born. <laughs> they were made to be pretty, have the perfect looking body, the perfect looking face, the perfect hair, you know, that sort of thing. Brittany Snow has that, has that. It's why she has that same persona kind of in uh, X. Uh, which came out a couple years ago. Um, oh, they used to say Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect too, to a degree. But in Pitch Perfect, she's not a mean girl. She gets to be like be a, a good person. But but right. in X, like <laughs> in uh, X, she's like that's her whole thing where she's like, yeah, I have a perfect body, and I know I'm not afraid to flaunt it. Like that's her character in that movie, and it fits Britney Snow as the actress, like her acting style and how she performs in those type of roles. So I think I think she fits the role better than Hayden Panettiere would have. Um, me personally. They look yeah. exactly the same to me. <laughs> That's exactly just because the they're two white blonde girls. Thinking, <laughs> Although I think- I kept thinking that was like Hayden Patentier for a while when I was watching this and then I was like, oh no, wait, this is not her. Although I think Britney Snow isn't a natural blonde. I think she's a brunette actually. <laughs> but regardless still. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Zac Efron's in this movie. <laughs> yes. He is. He's fresh off of his uh, High School Musical 1 fame. Like, this was filmed, I think, just after High School Musical 1 came out. So, like, he Which, was... He was still he the was, teen heartthrob. Yeah. He was... And, and then High School... I think High School Musical 2, because I remember they were on tour. Uh, the Like, High School Musical cast was on tour... And Zach Efron was the only one out of the main cast that wasn't on the tour with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Drew Seeley, the one who sings his vocals in the first High School Musical, um, he was on tour instead. And it was because he was filming Hairspray. Uh, and then High School Musical 2 and Hairspray came out like around the same time. Apparently this says the character is based in part upon Elvis Presley, which is very obvious. The way his hair looks mm-hmm. and the way he dances, it's like, yeah, you're clearly oh, no, Elvis Presley. <laughs> Real quick, there was one part that really bothered me in the film. So, like, well, there should have been lots of parts that bothered me in this film. But this is something that bothered me personally. Because, like, when she's singing, uh, when Tracy's singing the song about getting married to Link and blah, 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 blah. And she's, like, peeping at them through the boys' bathroom window. Yeah. (laughs) The way he licks his hand. He goes like this. And then goes, like, and I was just, like. That was such a long leg, and I, I'm sure he didn't actually like put tongue to hand, but like he started from the bottom of his palm to the tip of his See, fingers. That tongue was straight out. What out. bothers me oh, is oh, the like was the Babe Ruth scene when he's singing and he finds that Babe Ruth bar in our, our baby Ruth bar in her uh, bed, and then he eats it, and I'm like, a, you don't know how long she's had that in her bed, b. You don't know, like, it's clearly been opened and partially eaten. So those germs have probably gotten pretty bad. You don't know if she had a cold. You don't know if, she's had, if she has a disease. Like, I'm just saying, bruh, I would not take the chance. I don't care if you like this girl. You don't know her like that yet. <laughs> like, I'm not eating this Babe Ruth bar. Especially because I don't have to. She don't even know you did that. You just did that. <laughs> she comes home with my Babe Ruth house. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, it says uh, Efron, a popular teen actor who played Troy Bolton in the Disney Channel TV film High School Musical, was initially thought by Shankman to be too Disney for the role. However, Shankman's sister, executive producer Jennifer Gibbett, or Gibgott, she has a weird ass name, <laughs> convinced him to cast Efron, believing that the teen star would draw a substantial teen crowd. So thank God that his the director's sister <laughs> or the producer's right. sister like thought of him as like, hey, he's he's big with the teens. He it might be worth it to cast him. <laughs> no, I think he fit really well. Cause this movie, I guess because they did take out the like special ed part, the prison part, uh they made the marching scene a lot more docile compared to the uh, 1988 one. It had more of a Disney vibe. It had more of a family-friendly vibe. And to have somebody like Zac Efron in there, where he was the high school heartthrob, where he wasn't necessarily the bad guy. He wasn't the great guy at the beginning. And, like, he took a while. It, like, took him literally till the end to come around. (laughs) After he heard Tracy beat an Eagle Scout with an axe. For him to realize he loved her, no matter her size, which I believe is a lyric. Um, yeah, I love that. I love like the said, the constant. Um, no matter what you weigh, it's just especially Tracy. Like, I'm in love with you, no matter what you weigh. Sorry, that sounds like a bad R and B song from the '90s, as we were just discussing before. This I just love when he's like, "I just feel like this adventure is too big for me." Oh no, that's not what I meant. She's, and then she's just like, oh, "It's like." I, I I just love the constant like misconceptions about like weight and just like making fun of people for their weight in this movie, and like like oh well misconceptions and then the also perceived ones too like the complete blatant ones because Michelle Pfeiffer she be coming for people's souls in this movie about their weight like <laughs> the, the fat jokes well, are off the chain by everyone oh, yeah. in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, like when they were like, get Tracy off the, or what, make sure Tracy, or get Tracy off the show. She's like, I got my harpoon ready. I'll go for her. I was like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? When she looks at Edna, she's yeah, just chill. like, well, you'll stop traffic. And then she walks off. I'm like, damn, that is, that's some cold shit. Cause that's a legit compliment in this, in this time period. But you know what she means. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised yeah. she didn't so, call like, her a ton of fun or something. Like she, she, she just like she was coming for her entire livelihood. Well, when she like, was talking to her own daughter, she was like, she was like, "Oh, save your private life for the screen." <laughs> like, damn. And it's, and it's like, what kind of miserable life do you lead if you, in your fifties or forty, whatever, how old, however old you are. And you bullying this teenage girl. Listen, this is a woman. You're talking about a woman who brags about the fact that she won a pageant by screwing the judges. <laughs> Years ago. Years ago. And still is ramming on that. Like, you know, I was once <laughs> Miss Baltimore Crabs. Like, bitch, you old. Ain't nobody care about the fact that you was Miss Baltimore Crabs. <laughs> you ain't never going to be Miss Baltimore now. Crabs ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody cares. You just crab now, and that's okay. That's okay. You just crab now. She's okay. like those dudes. Also, what kind of name is Miss Baltimore Crab? It's just the fact that. <laughs> 
What kind of title is that? I wouldn't want to even have that. That's a crabs as that's wife. A, that's a East Coast. That's an East Coast title, right? The proud of. But it's well, I mean, if it's Wisconsin, it was Miss Wisconsin. You got a cheese. That's true. Mm-hmm. But it's just cheese it's just the idea of like she is the female equivalent of that quarterback in high school who's now in his 50s with a comb over who takes out the trash he's <laughs> just still talking about I mean, hey I used have... to lay some up back in the day though it's just like no one gives a shit it gives a damn Earl alright you gotta take I mean, this trash out women like that that really care about their like pageantry history or things they like did in high school oh I was prom queen cool that was I, I don't know what you want ago. me to do with that information also that's a yeah. title that realistically means nothing in the real world <laughs> like Cool. I guess you were popular in high school. Now get back to flipping these burgers, all right? McDonald's has a line outside <laughs> going around the block. Because <laughs> Just... <laughs> those are the people yeah. who brag about that stuff, or people who are working at like fucking Chick fil A or something, <laughs> serving chicken sandwiches <laughs> like for the rest of their life. Gotta be <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be easier just to go have like new experiences? Because like I don't even want to go out sometimes, but I can still have new experiences. Like I'm very tired, but people are like, hang out. I'm like, all right, there's a new experience right there. <laughs> can we uh going on to uh another one of the characters? Um Amanda Bynes as Penny Pingleton. This I remember when <laughs> her name. <laughs> were you laughing at her name? You didn't even say her name oh. right. It's Penny Lou Pingleton. <laughs> no, I. <laughs> I said it right. <laughs> uh, I remember. I rem- I remember before this movie came out. First of all, I saw this movie in theater with my parents. I drug them to the theater. I remember the day. I remember we first went to T-Mobile because we were like switching our phone over or whatever or getting new phones or something and then after we went to t-mobile we went to see hairspray i drugged them to it i was singing and dancing in my seats my little however old i was 13 and um before that i remember looking up um that this movie was happening like um and seeing that Amanda Bynes was going to be in it. I'm like, oh, Amanda Bynes, this one did she sing? And I remember being impressed by her performance in the film, like her singing performance. She provided that. She she was like, like I mean, she's been compared to like Carol Burnett in the sense of like she was the, she was Nickelodeon's Carol Burnett. Yeah. And she did have, she did have such comedic like timing she had perfect she was the it girl for nickelodeon for a long time they had her in everything uh she's the man um what's that movie where she goes to like england like oh what a girl yeah what a girl wants like this movie there's a snow white one too i can't oh yeah um like uh, i forget all these titles but i remember the movie so clearly because it was the one where she was like not cindy white but it's Sydney White, Sydney White, Sydney White. Yeah, that was like one of my. I can still remember like the whole movie in my head. Which is interesting because you look at this movie and it's like Zac Efron was Disney's boy at that time. Like Disney wanted to push Zac Efron. He was everywhere, and it's like. And then you look at from Nickelodeon side, they're like, "We getting in on this too." And here comes Amanda Bynes, where it's like that was their it girl at the time of like Amanda. Right. And, uh, Although I, I don't think she had been on Nickelodeon for a while. 
she had she, she had started like to fade. Well, because at that point she started to do movies. Now, in fact, even yeah. on the Wikipedia, it says here like Bynes is one of the few movie stars cast among the teen roles. Because it, and it's true, like amongst the teenagers um, in the movie, she was one of the few who had like been in other movies before this. Yeah, that's why she, her billing is so high. She's like the fourth one listed. Mm-hmm. Because she was, she had clout at that time. She had been in a couple movies. All yeah. of them had been pretty successful. So she was doing pretty good um, as far as like, you know, being in starring roles. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't she also do Big Fat Liar, come to think of it? <laughs> I think yes, it was like I loved that before movie. that, no? That it was, it was, it was like years before that, but I, I loved that. Yeah. So she, you know, she had, she had, she had uh, a pretty good reputation at that time. I've never watched that movie. Dang, I should have chosen for a rewatch. (laughs) Next time. Next time. Trivia (laughs) 8. The fate of the trivia. (laughs) Trying to think, I really like, I'm going to win next time. I'm making out when you watch Big Fat Liar. (laughs) <laughs> um, but she's she's great. I'm not gonna lie though. That blue dress she had on, I was like, dang, Amanda Bynes is fine as hell back in the day. I remember, I remember, I had a thing for Amanda Bynes back in what, the day. What the curtain one? What at the end? The, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Are you kidding me? She looked good in I that dress. Like, well, did they make that out of shower curtain though? I thought it does look there. like that, especially the the beading at the bottom where you can see her legs through. That's what no, I assumed. Yeah, it's supposed to. I rem- it's supposed to be like because at one point in the scene, you in the movie, um, you see her curtains in her room. Those curtains are the exact same as the one on her dress. Uh, I remember well, seeing that as like a behind, especially because you see her dress, and I was like. I know you're not wearing that in 1962. Like this is considered a very yeah. risque dress in 96 because of how shapely it is. Like it is very form fitting mm-hmm. to the point where when she's doing her dance moves, I'm like, you can tell she cannot move like enough to do any of these <laughs> yeah, dance moves. Doing, like, yeah, she's off. doing her best to do the mashed potato, but she just can't do it because she's just it's so damn tight. Like she can't move. <laughs> You know what? I think I vaguely remember from the 1988 version, um, while she's in jail, like, the mom is making dresses for her for when they get out so they have a costume change. So I think that was actually something from the original movie of where the dresses were made from, like, bed sheeting and stuff like that. Because the mom Mm. was a laundress and a seamstress at the same Mm. time. The original. Bro. Also, shout out, so all, shout out to Alice and Janie too. She's not in this movie very often, but when she is, she's great. She is, she's, she's, she's fantastic. Great. She's just got such great comedic timing. Anytime she's a cameo person, she, she owns it. She soaks up that time. She's like, look, I'm only here for five mm-hmm. minutes, but I'm gonna make them five minutes matter. <laughs> like you're gonna know. I'm That's right. <laughs> right. I'm right. Uh, yeah. It. Um. Now. Some black folk. Wait, one last person I wanted to talk about was Christopher Walken. Only because, A, uh, I think it's so interesting. Like, people don't talk about him enough in musicals, but he's done musical theater. Like, he enjoys doing musicals. He was once uh, Captain Hook in uh, Peter Pan. Um, That came much later after this movie, but he did it. (laughs) And uh, Oh, yeah, and that was the live Peter Pan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With uh, Allison Williams. I think so. As Peter Pan. I can't remember who played Peter Pan. Yeah. But uh, I think the only thing that was interesting I saw on the Wikipedia was that apparently John Travolta had asked Walken to be considered for the part. 
Um, along with Michelle mm-hmm. Pfeiffer as well, actually. It's like, if I gotta be married to somebody, I want it to be Christopher Walken. And, uh, right. well, he asked for him to be conservative for the part, and eventually, apparently, the people he beat out was Billy Crystal and Jim Broadbent. I can see why he won Christopher Walken instead. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Billy Crystal, I can see Billy doing the role. Um, I can see Billy Jim Crystal. Broadbent, not so much. I like Jim Broadbent, but I just, I just can't see him. Wait, who's Jim Broadbent? Jim Broadbent is, um... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of what movies he's been I in. Could, I couldn't see Billy Crystal in this. Oh, he was or in least, the, uh, yeah, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh, Indiana Jones, Cooking of the Crystal Store. Oh, he did a lot of movies. Harry Potter and Half Flicker. Oh, I never saw the Harry Potter movie. Yeah, Jim Jim Broadbent's uh, great. He's been in a lot of movies. Um, uh, Jim. That's right. He was in Cloud Atlas. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, also to talk because I don't think we talked about uh Nikki Blonsky a lot. That well. is true. We have not talked but, about the main character. <laughs> right. She uh this was her first role. She worked, I remember looking seeing the story and in interviews and appearances and stuff. She worked at a Cold Stone when she got cast. Cold Stone Creamery? Because they did a Serve yes, ice they cream. Did a whole, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> they did a whole open call. Like, they did a whole open casting call for this movie. And she got the part. She worked at Cold Stone. I think they told her. They have, like, footage of her finding out that she got the part while she's on the clock at Cold Yo, Stone. Yo, it'd be so funny if like, she acted like how people do in movies when they make it. Where they're just like, like I got the part. Hey, fuck this job. Right. <laughs> just starts throwing ice cream everywhere. Hey, Steve, screw you, dog. I told you I'd make it, baby. Give me this. <laughs> just... Kicking cones over, like taking kids' ice cream and throwing it in the ground just to prove a point. <laughs> I had a job interview once at Cold Stone. Did not get hired. Did not no, I never. I made an active decision when I became a teenager. I was never going to work in food. I was like, people don't respect Same. people who work in food. I don't understand why that is because it's not like you like you you forget that I have the power to poison you, and before you even recognize that's happened, I've already moved on to my next shift tomorrow. So, <laughs> so it's like as somebody who has worked in food for multiple years, I can say I agree. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't understand people's disrespect of waiters and waitresses. Like they don't have the power to kill you at any moment in time. You're you're putting all of your faith in this person that they are going to give you what you ordered oh, untampered. Yeah. I had this I was like 18 at the time. I had this one wedding guest. I was a banquet server. One wedding guest so rude to me. I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I got his ice from the dump bucket. And the dump bucket is where, because we don't have immediate sinks available, where we dump everybody's empty drinks. Just buy us. Dump it. I know. Yeah. I put my bare hands in there, grabbed some ice, went like this, put it in his drink, got him a new drink. There you go. Listen, you want to know, like, the movie that made me respect Waitstaff more than anything else is the movie called Waiting, starring Ryan Reynolds. That movie will make you respect waiters in a whole new way because they talk about some stuff where I'm like, y'all could do that? Nah. (laughs) I thought you were going to say the menu. Have you seen that? I mean, the menu menu came out a long time. The Waiting came out in 2000. It played on Comedy Central all the time. Uh, it's a really funny movie, but uh, Waiting Two is trash though. But <laughs> but uh, but the menu's great too. That movie should also make you respect chefs, but for a different reason. Just you know, <laughs> right? 
Well, oftentimes we would be like, oh, do you need that? I'd be like, no, the guy was a dick. He's waiting. How many times have I said that? No, he, they're waiting. They're going to wait. Yeah, well, the, I'm going to serve everything especially else. Especially because the menu is more like for like high-end food, you know, respect chefs in that respect. Waiting is like, yeah. that's clearly modeled after like an Applebee's. <laughs> like, you know, the, the more common mm-hmm. man restaurant you're going to go to, like a Shoney's or something. Like, this is more down to earth. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's kind of cool that, you know, and I, I yeah. say that all the time when it comes to like movies, when they're like, they're having a hard time finding their main star then don't hire a famous actor. Make an open call. Right. You know what I mean? Like, why would you not? That's how you get the Chris Hemsworths of the world. And you know what I mean? Or that's how you get like the, um, the um, um, not Jonathan Majors, dang it, what's his name? John Boyega. But Jonathan Majors too, to a degree. You know what I mean? That's how you get these stars that you're like, where have you been and why, why are you so good? But like, but no one's been noticing, and now they finally get their chance to be in the sun and prove how good they are. And Nikki Blonsky's great in this movie; she's fantastic as Tracy. She has the bubbly personality. Yeah. She's got the dance moves, down packed. She looks like a, a, a lot like the original actress from the 1988 film too. Like they look a lot like. She's a little shorter. Uh, uh, Ricky you can Lake. Tell she's a little shorter. Yeah, it was Ricky Lake. Like in the 1980s. Yeah, that was Ricky Lake, who was the original. Man, Tracy my Tablet. like brain like. Yeah, I don't even remember like it being specifically. Well, she looks a lot like Ricky Ricky Lake back in nineteen eighty eight, except mm-hmm. she's shorter. You can tell she's definitely shorter. Um, but no, she did a wonderful job, and she was very good, and she moved so well. She did dancing so well because mm-hmm. a lot of I she I wonder if she had any training in the past because usually when you see new actors or actresses, they're a bit stiff in their dancing. Especially this is a type of movie where they show, and I, I noticed this when it came to like the white people dancing, it's no hips. They don't know how to move their hips. <laughs> they move their hips and move their whole body. I don't know what that's about. Well, it's 1960s it's moves especially, <laughs> which are very hard to learn because they were so of the time. Like they're not, they're not like how right. it is now. Dancing now is uh, completely evolved <laughs> from what we, what we were doing well, in the 1960s. Has, I mean... <laughs> Dancing has evolved from what we were doing back in like the early 2000s, 90s. Because somebody did a comparison dance of like how what TikTok would look like back in like our time. Everybody doing the like, doing the Running Man, <laughs> Running Man, fucking like the Chicken Soup, Superman, Do, doing Soulja the MC Boy. Hammer dance. Oh my gosh, that's the jerk. a little. Yeah, the, oh, you're the jerk. I think kids are still doing that now. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I can see, I was like our dance movements back then were like you threw your whole well, body to be fair, and it was a whole straight up stri- stage performance. Those were choreographed dances. Like, we're talking about just dancing, dancing. Like so what they're talking about on this is like when you're just busting out moves, you just do some freestyling and stuff, you know. Just. <laughs> but even still, like our even the movements back then were just dan- we're still very choreographed compared to now. It's like it's a very like smaller body movement than what it was back in the. Nobody drops it like they used to anymore. <laughs> Which is probably why people aren't have bad as knees as <laughs> Everybody's knees hurt. Um But yeah, alright. So she was very good when learning those new dance moves that she was very loose about it and able to adjust to it well. Yeah, she is amazing. Queen Latifah. I, that's where you're going. I thought you were going Morning to Elijah Kelly because we at least mentioned Queen Latifah. <laughs> but go ahead, Queen Latifah. Well, let's, Queen Latifah. 
Um, she, yeah, she. Fantastic. Her, she was fantastic. Like her standout moment in this movie is obviously when she sings, "I know where I'm going," or "I know where I've been." Sorry. Yeah, she nails it. She kills it. Mm-hmm. She's great. Uh, I I love when Queen Latifah uh, sings. I really like it when she does the. Go ahead. Oh, I just—I was just gonna say I love when she sings because she's—I, you know, you, you, her namesake is from her rap career, um, but mm-hmm. she's a great singer. She has a great voice. But she's a great singer, yeah. I wonder if people remember Queen Latifah had a rap career. Well, the black populace does for sure. Um, <laughs> Do they yes. know? I mean, the all the the younger the younger ones. Okay, the younger know. folks know. Well, I now feel like the younger. That's what I, I'm saying. Mean, that's what I'm saying. The younger generation. Oh, I feel like even now, sometimes I forget because now she's like so far removed from that. Like she does exclusively act now she'll occasionally pop up because she did do a like a feature she'll do a feature here and there sometimes she'll show up at the bet awards bust a few rhymes like it's only but it's very seldom it is very seldom um like it is not really like she pops in every like five years and be like i want y'all to remember i can rap all right yeah because <laughs> uh well be, especially because her big thing when her rap like she wasn't like and MC Light or Salt and Pepper, where their whole thing was, we are hip hop. Like Queen Latifah's thing was, she was uh, more house music mixed with hip hop. So more like stuff like Pump Up the Jam, Technotron, like you know Technotronic, like that sort of stuff. That yeah. was more her her vibe. So <laughs> you know, it's not it's not the most popular right. version of hip hop. Um, but she was great then as a hip hop star too. But as a singer, she's fantastic. I'm glad that she's um, apparently though. Her role, uh, also up for her role was Aretha Franklin. Mm-hmm. I was reading, I was, really? I knew you were reading that. I was about to say, um, which that would have been, that would have been interesting to see Aretha Franklin in the role because I haven't, I haven't really seen her in movies. The most stuff. I can remember as far um, as popular movies she's been in is uh, Blues Brothers. Oh, yeah. But she was young then. Um, like, that was a long time ago. <laughs> Yeah, that's but what she's, I was thinking. I was like, wouldn't she have been a little bit considered too much older? That's probably time? what stopped well, her at that time, was that she probably she maybe was considered maybe a little older as far as the casting well, goes. Well, I think that was... So what? So she died in 2018. She was 76. So this was about 10 years earlier. So she would have been 66 when she filmed the role. I could I could see it. I could see it. Like, cause yeah. I, when I think of Motormouth Mabel, I think of older. So Queen Latifah was actually like young for me, like when in, in the role. Well, also she had worked with this director before cause she had been in Bringing Down the House, mm-hmm. which was directed by the same person. Earlier, I love that movie too. <laughs> but she had been in that movie earlier. So that probably was also a piece of it too. Like, cause uh, Aretha Franklin had been considered. It's not like she had been uh, cast or they were trying to cast her. It's just somebody they were talking yeah. about. So, um, but I mean, she's great. She's, she gets, I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't have too much to do really as far as like the dance moves and stuff. She's just there to really sing and just bring her personality, which she can do. With her eyes closed, like, like she's she's amazing at doing both those things, and so she just brings her personality and just kills it doing her role as Motormouth Maybell. So she's fantastic um, in the role. Uh, Elijah Kelly, though, yes. Elijah this was Kelly. my introduction to him. I had never heard of this kid before that movie. <laughs> 
same, same. This is my, this is the first thing I saw him in. Um, Run and Tell That is my song. I'll just say that. Run and Tell That. Yeah, although Black of the Berry, the I love, I love when they all go into the hallway and start dancing, and I'm like, you act like the rest of the school populace would be like, oh no, the black people have escaped. They're running. There's a riot in the halls. We need to run for cover. Because <laughs> the second they got out run there, I was just like, y'all are trying to cause a damn conniption. Do not do this right now. We do this in detention not because no one can see us. <laughs> Not a conniption. <laughs> Not a conniption. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. It's a great song, though. It's a very fantastic song. Um, <laughs> I think it was funny that they were able to just take three white students. That's what I'm saying. Bus. They like. They're like, like. I feel like the other white students were like, "It's too late for them. They've been kidnapped. They like, we can't save them. There's too many of them over there. There's no way we go save Tracy and Penny now. And like, they got one of the white men, not him." <laughs> Yeah, I feel like they would have rioted. His <laughs> Link was a favorite too. Yeah, because they could care less about Tracy and Penny. They're like, man, screw Tracy and Penny. They, yeah. Well, maybe not Tracy because she was famous at that time on the show. That's but true. they're like, they're like, uh, and they stole Penny. Who? You know, Penny. <laughs> I'm a tall girl. Look, it don't matter who she is. She white. Right. That's all that matters. We need to go save her. <laughs> Although they like, admittedly, her and Elijah Kelly do make a cute looking couple, though. They did look like they, they had great chemistry. They, had, they did have great chemistry. All of, all of the teen cast uh, really had great chemistry. Even like uh, Brittany was Brittany Snow with the uh, with the rest of the you know, the other. <laughs> Second fraud. <laughs> the minute he's not feeling Amber no more, though, she tried to put his hands there. And it, it'd be one thing if he was just like, he just slowly did it. He like snatches her hand away from him. Like, don't touch me. Get your hands off of me. No, he literally says no, too. He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I started laughing because he did. He was so good. No. Like, you're telling Yeah, he acts like he has been defiled by this, by this girl. <laughs> just because she has her hands on I him. Mean, in all fairness, like, just yeah, because she was a part of all his dancing with Tracy. So she's just off at her home thing and everything's fine with her, the relationship. Because he was offering her a promise ring. <laughs> and the next time where she's, like, distressed, he's she's looking over to him and he's like, no. And then But you know what it is, Tracy. though? He didn't think, he like, you know what it is? I know what it is, all right? What happened to Link was, is that <laughs> Link, like, Link you know obviously should be with amber because you know that's what society tells him you know and then he's like is this gonna be something you say that we're gonna go oh listen i'm just saying look here's, <laughs> like, look, i have that energy follow me on this one okay follow me on this one all right link link gives amber that promise wing because he's like this is what i'm being told to do but then he like see when he's walking by detention he sees tracy out here shaking it like <laughs> shaking it you know what i mean she's like shaking what her mama gave her and he's just like ah dang like she got it like that, though. Like, hold on, let me just, let me just, let me just get the hair right. Hold on, wait a minute. Damn this promise ring. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm about to dive in. It's just like I'm about to get on in there. drops Amber like a bad and is ready to dedicate his whole life to smashing Tracy because he knows that that's the possibility. 
<laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Ah, oh, we have fun here at the First Ones to Die podcast. Alex <laughs> 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 is on the floor. Jonathan's cut his camera off. I'm crying. <laughs> I, like, I was ready for the... I wasn't ready for the singing, I think. Which I don't know why. I don't know why I didn't prepare myself for that. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm just saying, he ain't never seen Amber move like that. He, that, that changed his entire world. <laughs> I mean, that's a fair observation. <laughs> I don't know how know. we uh, go from that. I'm just that. saying. Anyway, Lilanes. Well, Amanda, uh, Lilanes. Checkerboard. <laughs> Girl, right. later yeah, on. I, that I, uh, I I don't know why in my I, head I thought she said something a little more like it's it doesn't hold up today. But checkerboard chick probably isn't that bad, <laughs> right? Mm mm. I wonder what she said in the original 1988 version. Wonder what was the. I don't. I want to make. I want to make a joke, but I don't know what crosses the line. And I say something offensive. And I don't know, myself like that. Uh, what did we think about Lil Inez? Uh I mean, she's fine. I I would have more to say about her if she had more she's to cute. do. She's kind of in there just to really dance uh, and sing, but she doesn't really have a lot to do as a character. So she kind of just. But then she wins. She does win. She won. She does win. Although I love, I love in Courtney music- roasts her. He's just like, well, anybody who dances and performs on this stage live while the TV, while the cameras are on, still technically qualifies. Bitch, he <laughs> puts her tells the contract everything. I was like, dang, Corny's salty, bro. In in, in the musical, uh, Inez, Lil Inez, uh goes to the audition. You see her go to the audition, and she's like, "Can I audition?" And then. Um, uh, what's her name? Velma says like like laughs in her face and is like, no, you can't audition. Dang. Yeah. You know what? I feel like this one definitely to come to make it more family friendly and stuff like that. They did leave out quite a bit and it kind of makes certain points of the film incomplete. Like when we saw with Amanda Bynes' shower curtain dress, we both knew that was something like from the background. We saw it. And I remember that from the 1988 one where the mom works on dresses as a seamstress, uh, as a seamstress as well, and then takes the, I think it was the bed sheets and the, the curtains like that. So like that part was out. And I think uh, Luna, she was she was supposed to be in the film more. No, where you see her and you're like, that's a cutie pie. I like that one. She's smart. Mm, right. I think. Uh... Apparently, and, though, I did not know the actress is apparently a singer and songwriter and apparently helped. Yes, Taylor Parks. And that she wrote uh, or was co-writer, rather, on like songs like Thank You, Next by Ariana Grande. So. Yeah, she's a, a an accomplished songwriter. She does a lot of she's done a lot of she's written a lot for, for Ariana Grande. Like uh, you'll see her and Ariana Grande like hanging out. Um and she's written for like many other people as well. But uh, apparently, Lil Inez is also based in part upon Br- Ruby Bridges, which makes a whole lot of sense when you look at how she's dressed, because she even dresses like Ruby Bridges. Um, 
Although, what are these names? Inez Stubbs, Seaweed Stubbs. What type of black man you know is named Seaweed? <laughs> Look. Same Vel- man who's named Bob. Velma Von Tussle, Penny Pingleton, uh, Tracy Turnblad. You see, you, 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 there's a but thing. But they're white the people. White people have crazy names like that. Black people don't got no names like that. <laughs> I mean, as somebody who works at a doctor's office and sees a wide variety of names, he's not wrong. White people love alliteration <laughs> in their names. And at um, least those names sound like they also, go together. You know what I'm saying? Amber Von Tussle, Velma Von Tussle. Corny Collins. Corny, Corny Collins. You know what I'm saying? The, Courtney Collins. Like, that's his government that's name. Go- <laughs> <laughs> but it's like seaweed stubs. You know what I'm saying? This man has to put seaweed on his driver's license. That doesn't even sound like a real name. It was also, <laughs> it was also like the 70s. People have weird names back then. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's where a lot of those plant names came from, like ash and oak, <laughs> flower. Who the hell is being named oak <laughs> as their first name? <laughs> I don't know. I bet I could find some. Spruce instead of Bruce. <laughs> there was a trend going on a TikTok. Uh, where they would show like, oh, show your kid, and then what it's named after. People at first like were like, oh, that's cute, and then people like there was this one baby I saw. It was a baby, and then they showed a bunch of different trees. So people were like, limber, timber, trees, forest, <laughs> national park services. <laughs> like they just came up with the stupidest <laughs> shit, and I like that's how eventually went until the trend stopped. But I loved it because people are quite creative <laughs> when they're trying to think of different words. But I I really like I I really like Lil Inez Stubbs uh, as a character. I just wish he had more to do. Like, um, but yeah, again, moves solid, solid dance moves. Looks great uh, when she's doing her thing. Characters I thought was interesting was the Dynamites, the like black girl group. Oh, I love the Dynamites, especially when. Cause it, I, 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 I forgot about this, but it tripped me out when like, at first, you know, they're singing on the billboards and stuff, which is like, okay, yeah, that's like, they're, they're on TV now and that makes sense. But then they're also working at the, the, like, uh, the, the clothing store and then they just start staying in the clothes Uh store. And I was like, oh my God, this is, is this their day job (laughs) when they're not on stage? (laughs) They work here. Also, the fact that it's called what Mr. Pinky, what is it called? Mr. Hefty, Pinky's hefty, yeah, hideaway. hefty hideaway. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is insane. As somebody who wears plus size clothing, I, if I ever heard that and somebody recommended that type of store to me, I'd be like, We are no be insulted, <laughs> be like, Lose my number, do not, not text to me mention ever again. it feels like a fetish store. Because not only is the name weird, <laughs> this man has donuts on trays just sitting around the food. Like he's almost encouraged. He's like, yeah, keep eating. <laughs> you can buy these clothes, girl. <laughs> like sometimes you'll be thinking about I'll this for the next like, five years yeah like four days later it'll hit me yeah. <laughs> out of fucking nowhere and i have to explain to people why i'm suddenly like laughing like an idiot <laughs> be like let me explain my friend went like this about a, I have a dark sense of humor it's, <laughs> it's, it's part of the charm <laughs> 
But it's uh, it's I, I love the dynamite so much, uh, mainly because I have a bias because it's the same reason why Hercules is my favorite Disney animated film. The when the muses come on, I am locked in. I'm like, I don't care what's happening on screen. This is the best part of the movie, hands down. Every time they sing, when they're singing the gospel truth, when they're singing that Hercules, uh, the uh, hero, uh, zero to hero everything they are the best and if they remake hercules damn it the muses better be in there or i'm starting or marching on disney studios oh they will for <laughs> sure you know they will they've already done like fan casts of what the muses would be like people put lizzo in there i can um, see that that'd be cool taraji Hansen should be in yeah. there also going to be in color purple i didn't know that until i saw the trailer oh is she oh yeah mm-hmm. that's right. um but anyway, hairspray. Uh, Jerome, final thoughts on hairspray. Oh, this movie is a fun time. Uh, just you could just tell the fun time we've had to talking about it is is right. is just how much uh, we like you know of a good time this movie is. Like it is uh, so colorful, so beautiful. It's funny. It has such great performances from everybody. Nobody half asses it. Like even if they can't quite. You know, because I, I, you know, I've talked about John Travolta's voice, but even still, he is giving it his all. It's not that he's like not hitting the the vocal range because he's not trying. It's just because of the nature of his, you know, how his voice is. But even then, he still gives one hundred and ten percent. His performance comes through that fat suit and the makeup and everything. And so it's like everybody, and he's not the only one. Like everybody does a fantastic job in this movie trying to deliver like his best uh or or make it the best uh musical movie that they can and also one thing we didn't talk about um but i one thing i noticed is also half of why the other half of reason this movie works so well is because it's a movie at no point does this movie try to be like the musical in that it's like it's very static shots where all we just watching people dance it's like no we get camera angles they use the environment very well that scene when they're on the bus and they're dancing and jumping through the bus, um, the bus uh, posts and everything inside the bus and that shot. And then they come out and they keep dancing and all that stuff. Like that's the type of stuff that makes movie musicals, movie musicals. It's like you can't recreate what you can do on stage because you know you got more room to play around in. So play around and have some fun. And this movie understands that assignment very well. Of like we have the ability now to like go to different locations to have different sets and all that stuff and they really utilize it very well um in this movie so i cannot recommend hairspray enough if you haven't seen it if you're a huge musicals fan you're just gonna enjoy it if you have kids have them watch this movie they will be glued to the screen (laughs) for all two hours of this movie they will enjoy themselves and have a good time and you'll have a good time also as a parent just watching them and uh, although they may annoy you by singing the songs for like the next decade <laughs> like, non-stop but still it's a great movie got a great message um it's just tight script everything fantastic you know can't recommend hairspray enough it's a great movie speaking of decade the fact that it's been 16 years since this movie came out. Oh my God. It was well, wild. the biggest shame too is there was supposed to be a sequel. Because the movie did well. Yeah. It did really well. And there was supposed to be a sequel and it just... Why was it? For what? It, it like... I mean, well, <laughs> it, like, it says apparently, like... 
I never want to see this a sequel again. Like, it's called Hairspray uh, 2 White, white Lipstick. Um, white apparently lipstick. it says, due to Hairspray's financial success, New Line Cinema had asked John Waters to write a sequel to the film. Waters reunited with director such choreographer Adam Shankman for the project and songwriters Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman were set to compose the film's musical numbers. Uh, the story would have looked at Tracy entering the late 1960s era of music and the British invasion and used the hippie movement and Vietnam War as backdrops. Uh, no official casting was announced, though. But the only thing they did know is John Travolta uh, d- did not want to come back. Um, not because he didn't have a good time doing the first one, just he wasn't into doing sequels. He just doesn't do yeah, sequels. Yeah, he, he, he was like, I'm not really into doing sequels. Um, but it just got canceled. For uh, There's no clear reason, at least not here on Wikipedia, of why. And then apparently there was going to be, like in the 2019 John Waters uh said he had written a sequel for HBO, but that also never got produced either. So, and never, and that's all we've heard since then. So. I I feel like in the movie, the second one, we would just see Link getting drafted. Maybe. That would have been interesting. <laughs> Maybe. That would have been, that actually. That him sing, having taken. Him just singing in Vietnam and they're like, what are you doing, Logan? Get your ass in the, <laughs> get your ass in the Jeep. We gotta go. <laughs> It's the same way where SNL did that uh, graduation skit, and he's as Troy Bolton. Troy Bolton, he comes on and he's like, "Nobody sings in the real world." <laughs> I just, I Nobody only want one line where Seaweed Stubbs also gets drafted, and he Seaweed's like, "I don't understand." He's like, "You don't understand. You're in the shit now, Seaweed." <laughs> <laughs> It would have been hair. Hairspray would have became hair at that point. <laughs> right. <laughs> the musical. Just drop the spray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, they were adding white lipstick. I don't know where the white lipstick title came from. <laughs> right. I'm hoping maybe it's a bad fan name. Uh, or maybe just a work. No, it sounds like that was, that was supposedly, name, supposedly the, the official title, title, but maybe it's just a official working title. And they're maybe going to change it later. Because I feel like Hairspray 2 would have just been fine. Why do you need to add the right. subtitle? Like, like Mama Mia, right. like Mama Mia. Like two. you. Oh no, Mama Mia three is called Here We Go Again, isn't it? I guess, but even still, <laughs> like, like just because another person does it doesn't mean you have to. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need to have a subtitle if you don't need it. They were gonna, they were calling, they were gonna call it the hairspray. The hairspray. <laughs> also, I feel like that's poison. If y'all sprayed that much aerosol hairspray in a studio setting, that's what I, was I know. I was trying to. I was trying to. When I was watching the musical, I was like, "That ain't really hairspray." No, in the it, musical, it it's like it's, not, yeah, it's just it's some aerosol. aerosol like particles or whatever. It's it's like mist. it's right. mist. Yeah, basically, right? Like mist. And I'm like sure that's what they water. use in the movie. But the idea when they start coughing in the movie is that it is supposed to be. Actual hairspray, to which I'm like, first of all, y'all are using way too much. Y'all hair, go, you go take a shower and it's going to take at least three or four rounds to get all of that out of your hair. <laughs> I just kept thinking about it. Yeah, you'll be all skin. sticky. Like, oh, yeah. Because so, the girls literally walk through it as they're dancing and they're like looking up and I'm like, it's all over you now. I remember having to use hairspray as a child. It gets on you. And once it's on you. Maybe that's why Link that was pissed. Off. Amber kept touching his face. He's like, stop, you're spreading it. <laughs> like, I'm already sticky enough. Get your hands off of me. <laughs> oh, and then you're all sweating from the heat. Those, those lamps were like, hot. hot. Mm-hmm. 
And this is probably back before they even were able to afford the giant fans. Right. But uh, but Alex, what did you th- what what are your final thoughts on Hairspray? A uh, little bit of a white savior complex, but ultimately, it's a good, fun film that has a. It doesn't ignore the problems of which the time period mm-hmm. it was set in, but it doesn't make it its main focus, which is sometimes very hard to do when doing setting films in time periods that have very big movements going on at the time. Um, but they, I think they did it well. They did a good balance. All the dancing was very well choreographed and very well done. All the actresses and actors and I'm sure professional dancers, you know, put you could tell they put so much time and work into this and they really clearly gave it their all. I'll, a lot of musicals, they'll, it's very simple and very like, all right, you can tell who's here because they want to do the acting of it, but half-assing the musical part and the theater part in this film, everybody really showed that they were committed to like doing the steps mm-hmm. um, and the singing, of course. I think everybody was well-casted for this film, too. Like I said, I have a hard time seeing anybody other than Christopher Walken and John Travolta <laughs> dancing together. So, like, I'm like, that fit. That weirdly had some good energy. And I like Queen Latifah <clears throat> as um, her character as well. And, yeah, I think they all chose very well. And it was a good show. And I would love to watch the corny show, corny Collins <laughs> show one day. <laughs> I think that'd be great. Um, I guess it was a buddy. What? Buddy Dean. Buddy, buddy Dean show. Uh, I think anybody should just, you know, watch it, have a good time, enjoy the colorful. It's also very Very, colorful. yeah. It very is. Colorful. Colorful. It was very enjoyable. It was very vibrant. Um, and just enjoy the songs because the songs are, are awesome. I um, think of Christopher Walken, too. I thought I just thought about this. Also, at what point do you think Michelle Pfeiffer should have maybe gave up on the seduction? Because this girl has a, this woman has a box of joke stuff. That means he's took her basically around the entire damn store. <laughs> and she's still trying to be like, ah, but I'm still get him though. Like at this point, lady, just leave. <laughs> he ain't picking up what you're trying to lay down. <laughs> I love how he scared her at the beginning. <laughs> that was great. That was a good, yeah, that was a good gag. That was very funny. What do you, do you think about the movie, Jonathan, as you picked it? Yes, I love Hairspray. I have loved Hairspray. I will always love Hairspray. Um, I will take any chance I get to um, watch it. And like, it's just a, it's just such a fun film. I love movies, especially musicals um, with ensemble casts, just because there's so many people involved. There's so many moving parts. Uh, there's so many different voices that you get to hear from, so many perspectives, so many, um, especially when you have uh, all these different actors from all of these different kind of areas. Like, you know, before this movie came out, who would have thought that John Travolta, Queen Latifah, Zac Efron, Amanda Bynes would all be in the same movie together? Uh, Christopher Walken, Michelle Pfeiffer, like you would have never thought. But and still, made, made none the of them are the main star either. That's even crazy. That's true. Yeah. Uh, so it's just it's just a ball of fun. Um, you know, my mind sometimes, you know, like thinking about it now, I'm like, should they have made a, a hairspray too? I would have. 
I would have watched it, but now I'm like, you know, just just let's let's leave it where it was. Uh, we would have got some more music, some more good songs, but you can't break that uh, that feeling you had watching the first one. So um, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm kind of glad they left it at that. But also, especially because yeah, it feels like the this coming from a Broadway musical, like it comes from a already tested and proven good show to make a new thing that's supposed to live up to that legacy would have been near impossible. A challenge, yeah. yeah. Like that's hard. And especially cause you're dealing with the Vietnam war and the British invasion. Like these are things that aren't as universal as the civil rights movement. Yeah. And an ensemble cast. If it, if the cast were just like three or four people, like if the main cast were just three or four people, then you probably could have gotten all of them back and done something with that. But you probably wouldn't have gotten everyone back and it wouldn't have been that same magic that it would have been in the first one. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so yeah. Hairspray always has a place in my heart. Yep. Comment below, audience. Tell us what you thought about Hairspray. Did you love it? Did you hate it? Did you watch it back in the day? Or did you watch it once you became an adult? Or something in the middle? Or have you never even seen it at all? And now, thanks to this review, you're now just going to go out and watch it. Comment below. Tell us what you think about Hairspray. Yes. And Jerome, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at not Jerome Rhett on Instagram as well as at Media and at Jerome underscore the underscore show to see other stuff I am working on as well. As check out the First Ones to Die YouTube channel. If you're already there, thank you. But if you are, subscribe, share, favorite, all that good stuff. You know, like the video and all those things. And keep checking in to find a whole bunch of content that you can't get on any of the audio streaming platforms. Stuff like gaming videos, blogs, book reviews, mini reviews, uh, video versions of all the podcasts, and so much more. We got some other stuff we're doing coming down the pipeline eventually, so be on the lookout for that. And the only way to know for sure is to subscribe so you can be in the know on your YouTube channels. Once, once again, at the First Ones to Die podcast. Check that out. How about you, Alex? Uh, you can find me at Alex and W on Instagram and on TikTok and the podcast TikTok, The First Ones to Die, where I post little clips from these episodes, as well as things we may be watching and my own little comments on films, where I'm a little high. <laughs> where that high is kind of good time right now, actually. And where are we finding you, Jonathan? You can find me at Jonathan Keys on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you please. Follow us at the first ones to die on all of your favorite social platforms. Email us at the first ones to die at gmail.com. We would love to hear feedback, your questions, your comments. Also, if you're watching us on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Comment below as well. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, uh, please give us five stars and a review. We really appreciate it. Next week, Next week, let's ride. <laughs> let's ride. <laughs> that's all. That's I've heard that now, ninety thousand freaking times. Every time the Fast X trailer comes on, let's ride. Let's ride. Let's ride. Hey, 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 I haven't watched. That's, these are song lyrics. <laughs> but 
Just repeated it yeah, yeah, all the time. It's just like the it's just like the I got five on it ghost from us. I got five on it. <laughs> it's like that, where it's just like every commercial. It's just like, for God's sake, we get it. Let's ride. I'm, I'm, I'm getting in the car right now. <laughs> Leave me alone. Anyway, next week, Fast X. <laughs> Talk about all the things Fast and Furious. <laughs> me too. Yeah. Fun. It is. Uh, but until then. Until then. Good morning. Good night. We'll good evening. Week. Whenever you're listening to this podcast. See ya. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>